Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Rediscover our fascinating city this summer on a walking tour from the Chicago Architecture Center, now open and adhering to public health safety standards. Our entertaining and expertly trained docents will guide you through the Chicago you've been longing to explore. From magnificent downtown architecture to awe-inspiring neighborhood gems. If it's worth seeing, we'll take you there. Get tickets at architecture.org forward slash tours. The stories of the city begin at the CAC. Let me tell you about voting by mail. Voting by mail ensures equitable access for everyone. Normally, vote by mail applications are filled out online or in person. This creates a burden for people with limited access to transportation or internet services. Disproportionately, the elderly or people of color who are among those at greatest risk from COVID-19. Because of the pandemic, a law was passed in Illinois for November requiring vote-by-mail applications be sent to anyone who voted in 2018, 2019, or the 2020 primary. This falls short of what is needed particularly since these elections saw low turnout. We need to expand access. Mail-in voting is the best way to ensure everyone's voice can be heard safely. We can help expand voting access in Chicagoland by asking officials to send every eligible voter a vote-by-mail application. So visit votemailchicago.com. That's votemailchicago.com for call scripts and a petition. One more time. Vote. V-O-T-E. Mail. M-A-I-L. Chicago. C-H-I-C-A-G-O. Dot com to make sure that every voter in Cook County has safe and equitable polling. That's correct. Your Ben Jarofsky show for Wednesday, September 30th is just moments away. But before we do this, let's thank the following unions for sponsoring this program. Unions like the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, their sponsors. The International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, are sponsors, as well as our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Major shout out to live stream listener Frank and live stream chatter Frank. Frank, you're the man not only. Do you provide us with random information when we bring it up on the show? Not only do you pick our song of the day, and yes, Ben, you do have a song of the day. Mm-hmm. You also give me access to the Chicago Sun-Times, and uh, for some reason, I lo- they logged me out. You gave me the password, and I'm back in, baby. You know, just, can we just point out just the peculiarities of life? You are effectively an employee of the Chicago Sun-Times. But this is our show, ladies and gentlemen, in the attic, overlooking the alley and the porta potty. <laughs> We are sponsored by the Sun Times, but my producer needs Frank to get into the Sun Times. 
The world is insane, D. We love the you, Frank. Insane. We love you, buddy. We, we could not do this show without Frank. He sent me a text already this morning uh, about, uh, oh, God, Tim Scott. I had already seen the text, uh, or the, the link, but uh, great minds think alike. That's all I got to so say. So now he's the guy that wakes you up every morning. I like that. Frank, add that to the list of things. Wake up. Well, okay, you know, the text came in. I was already up at noon when, you oh, know, I was already up at noon. Oh, okay, okay, I got up at 10 today, all right? Come on, D. All Get right, together, all right? All right, okay, well, Frank does have your song of the day, and boy, he really does like you, Ben Jarosky. <laughs> he looks out after you on these songs of the day. Songs that you you know every time. Uh, today's song of the day from Frank, The Candyman by Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, my God. D- Remember when I went on the whole Sammy Davis thing? I guess Frank I love does. Sammy Davis Jr. I love the candy man can cause he mixes it with love and make the world go around. Who can da 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 da? Come on, D. Sparkle it with do we? Love Sammy Davis Jr., ladies and gentlemen. Love Sammy Davis Jr. He was the best in the Rat Pack. Sorry, Frank Sinatra fans. Sorry, Dino Martin fans. Sammy Davis Jr. There you go, D. Oh, hold oh on. an early table bang. <laughs> the Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Wednesday, September 30th. And live from my apartment in his attic, this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. <laughs> Today on the program, it's all things whatever the hell that was last night. I think it was a debate with legendary Chicago journalist Monroe Anderson. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Shit Show Wednesday. Oh. And here's Watch your mouth. <laughs> You know why, ladies and gentlemen. You saw last night's presidential debate. Air quotes around the word debate. Uh, (laughs) I might as well put air quotes around the word presidential as well. Now, I know I shouldn't swear. Dennis always tells me, Ben, you know, in radio school, we're taught never to swear. I don't sound like that. When you when you're doing your radio guy, that's your radio guy. But you know, Ben, I was a graduate of radio school, and let me tell you something: no swearing. But to quote Joe Biden, "Come on, man!" <laughs> Even the CNN anchors call it a shit show. D, I heard oh, it. Oh like, wow! This, I know. I and then they immediately apologized. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Just, I'm so sorry I said that, guys. The president says it all the time. You don't have to apologize anymore, but I know the instinct. Like, oh, oh, I swear I shouldn't swear. If anything shows that all standards have been smashed and destroyed, it would be last night's debate, in quotes. Uh, Excuse me, presidential, in quotes, debate, in quotes. I don't even put them together in quotes. Two separate sets of quotes. Because that's what it was, ladies and gentlemen, a Beep show. But why didn't you do it over 20, in the no, last no, no, 25 wait, no, years? Because, because you weren't president. Why did you do it over because the you weren't president years. screwing no, no, things no, no. up. You were a senator. And You're the, the worst way, president vice... America has ever had. <laughs> hey, Come Joe, on. Let, me, let me just say it, Joe. I've done more in. <laughs> I, I love it, man. 
I don't know. There's this part of me that loved it, D. I got to say, there's this part of me that freaking loved it. You know, and I, I, I'm going off script here. I'm just going to say this. When I was a kid, I loved Abby Hoffman. Now, all you, oh, God, millennials are like, their heads are cool. I know we're on the he internet. Was, it's a podcast. Millennials, please hang tight with us. He was an old hippie, hippie, and he, you know, he was, his whole thing was he'd upset the apple cart and that, you know what, there's a movie coming out, Chicago 7, Millennials, you can learn about this, Abby Hoffman, there's a movie coming out, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen plays Abby Hoffman, it's supposed to be an excellent movie, can't wait till it drops on Netflix, gotta wait till October. Anyway, Abby Hoffman was the anti-establishment. Uh, he, you know, sort of like just exposed everything for the fraud it was. And that's kind of the role Donald Trump is playing. So on one level, I kind of appreciate it. You know, he's got a little Abby Hoffman in him. But he's doing it on behalf of fascism and white supremacy. So it's hard for me to jump aboard. It's kind of killing me. Finally, we have a freak in the White House. And he's a fascist freak. Oh, God. Anyway, where was I? All right, let's start with President Donnie Trump, since I just mentioned him, talking over Biden, interrupting Biden, talking over Biden, interrupting Biden. Can you imagine if you're a high school civic teacher trying to teach techniques of debate to your students? How do you teach that? It's like playing tennis without the lines. No, it's worse. One guy, Biden, has the lines, and the other guy, Trump, has no lines. You can't lose if you have no rules. That debate right there, folks, was exhibit A of how politics been played in this country for the last 30 years. The Democrats play according to the rules. Oh, well, there are rules and we will follow those rules because <laughs> that's what we do. We're correct. And the Republicans are like, beep that. There are no rules. They do what they want. And then they win. And then the Democrats are like, how did that happen? Exhibit B, of course, would be the Supreme Court vacancy, which is now being filled by Mitch McConnell and Donnie Trump. Imagine if you're a high school debate coach and you had to <laughs> explain that debate to your kiddies in the context of what they have to do when they debate. You're telling your kids, all right, here's how it goes. You get two minutes for an opening statement, and then you have to be quiet while your opponent, the other debater, gets his two-minute opening statement. Only your kid goes, yeah, sure, coach. And then after his two-minute opening statement is over, he just talks right through the other guy's opening statement. And the judge is telling him to be quiet. And he tells the judge to shut up. And then the judge says, no, you really have to be quiet. And then he tells the judge, oh, you're picking on me. That's what Trump did. <laughs> on top of everything else, he played the victim card. <laughs> Republicans love the victim card. They feel free to say any old offensive thing they want to about anyone else. And when the people they offend say they're offended, the Republicans call them snowflakes. But you say one critical thing about them and they <laughs> cry like the little babies that they are. And that was President Donnie last night. When Chris Wallace tried to get him to play her by the rules, he was like, oh, Chris Wallace, you're picking on me. I guess I'm debating two people now, huh? By the way, there's a lot of criticism of Chris Wallace uh, today, Dia, but everybody's ripping Oh, Chris you don't Wallace. say. I'm the, yeah, I'm going to go the other way in this one, okay? I'm going to take the bold stand. What the hell is he supposed to do? Seriously, you know, all these people criticizing Chris Wallace, and I'm reading, I'm like, well, where's your advice? How would you have done it? I mean, what, is he supposed to tell the president of the United States to shut up? Well, I guess that would be a possibility. But could you hear the wailing and crying from MAGA if he had told Trump to shut up? 
Mac, you're picking on Donnie. He can't turn off Donnie's mic because he doesn't control the mic. He doesn't control the mic because they had this agreement beforehand that the moderator can't control the mic. So he has to try to interrupt Trump while Trump is interrupting Biden, and they all end up talking all over each other. You know what it made me kind of miss? Uh oh, here comes a baby boomer reference. Look out, T. Baby boomer reference coming, incoming, incoming. Those are the air warning sirens. (laughs) Man, new effects, new sound effects. I was waiting for some new (laughs) ones. Baby boomer reference, here it comes. Richard J. Daly. That was the daily before Baby Daly, which is the daily that millennials know. Richard J. Day, look him up. It's in there. You can find it in your phone. Okay, here I go. <laughs> I'm a millennial. Anyway, Richard J. Daly, he he ran the city council with a, like an iron, what is it, thumb, wrist, hand, whatever it was. Fist. Oh, thank you. And so when a, when an alderman would speak out that he didn't want to hear, he cut off his mic. Leon Dupre. Oh, I love Leon Dupre. Can we have a moment? Just Leon Pray, you're the man, Alderman of the Fifth Ward. I love you. Anyway, Leander Pray would uh, speak out for civil rights or something. Daly go, I've had enough of this, and just shut off his mic. We could have used Richard J. Daly last night at a debate. Just shut off Trump's mic. Trump would be like, the, the mouth would be moving, but you couldn't hear anything. That would be kind of funny. Actually, the debate in its own way was kind of funny, in a wrestling sort of way. I talked about this yesterday. And uh, Dennis and I are going to do a whole show dedicated to wrestling. Okay. <laughs> My dreams have do- come true, guys. <laughs> Something you may not realize about Dennis. He's so quiet. No one really knows the real Dennis. The real. <laughs> he loves wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. I do. I do. He loves it. He knows it. I don't know wrestling because my wrestling, you know, the stuff I know about wrestling is not from before 1973. <laughs> so Dennis is like, oh. Bruno Samar, who? Oh, I know Bruno but, San Martino. Come on. Wow, I got to give you credit for doing that. But he knows his stuff from anything from like 1984 on. Dennis has it down. So he's been sending these clips, and I love him for it. And I've been watching all these wrestling clips, and I realized that everything Donald Trump knows about being a public figure, about his persona, he learned from wrestlers mostly Mr. Steve Austin. Trump watched while Austin played to the crowd. He got an arena pack with like 25,000 fans or something, and they'd be howling in delight. And Trump takes it on the road, and he fills up his arena with his fans. And when they howl, Trump's like, yeah, they love me. The world loves me. I am the man. And he says all kinds of nasty, rude, mean things, just like Steve Austin. The crowd goes, they cheer even louder. But what he doesn't realize is that an election is not quite like a wrestling match. There are people outside the arena and an election, they get to vote too. So like I said yesterday, 45% of America is in the MAGA cult. They aren't budging. They're like the people in the arena screaming uh, for Steve Austin. But Trump's got to worry about that other 55%. And I don't know if they uh, were really into what they saw last night. By the way, the funniest part is the post-debate spin by Republicans, especially on the issue of white supremacy. We'll be talking about this one all day. I got Monroe Anderson coming up, Atiba Buchanan's coming up. This is the one, you all saw the debate. You don't want to talk about Chris Wells practically begging Trump to do like the presidential thing. You know, in the 20, what century is this, Steve? 21st century. 
just come on, president, denounce white supremacy, please. That's what we're all supposed to do. We have a special holiday for Dr. King. So this is, even if you don't believe it in your heart, you're supposed to say it. Trump wouldn't do it. Mm-mm-mm. All of a sudden, he's getting lawyer-like with Chris Wallace. Wallace is saying, you know, denounce white supremacy. And Trump says, well, be specific. What white supremacist groups do you want me to denounce? Well, <laughs> suddenly he turns to Athlete Bailey. And that's when Biden, old Sleepy Joe, you got to give him credit here, D. Uh-huh. He pulled it. He <laughs> Who said that? Who said my name? Where are we? Honey? I'm, so, I'm sorry, man. There's, there's two imitations that he knows will crack me up. Is Biden and the one you'll never hear, Mayor Lightfoot. Okay, that gets that's, me. Not, that's false. Oh, my God. He does that. Oh, God. Where was I? Oh, Biden pulled the Trump. And when uh, Trump said, well, who, give me a group. And Chris Wallace is like, have it, have it, have it. Biden goes, the Proud Boys, which is the right-wing, anti-Semitic, anti-black militia group uh, that helped organize the Charlottesville rally, stirred up trouble in Oregon. You know who the Proud Boys are. And Trump walked right into it. Say what you will about Biden being old Sleepy Joe, but he laid a trap and Donnie walked into it. Not only did Trump refuse to denounce the Proud Boys, he gave him a shout out. Stand back and stand by. Man, the, they were like celebrating. They created a meme the Proud Boys did. They're like, yay, that's our president. Now Republicans are like, uh-oh. How are we going to win over those swing voters in Wisconsin who may be a little uncomfortable signing onto a campaign allied with white supremacists? So right on time, and thank you, Frank, for sending me the link. Here comes Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina to say, quote, uh, the president misspoke. He should correct it. If he doesn't correct it, I guess he didn't misspeak. All right, Tim Scott, let me ask you a question. How deluded can you be? First of all, Trump doesn't correct mistakes because he's too vain and insecure to admit he made them. Second of all, he's not going to correct this because he thinks he's got it right. He believes it. And thirdly, let me ask you this, Senator Tim Scott. Are you going to denounce the president if he doesn't, quote unquote, correct his mistake? Are you still going to lend whatever credibility you have to give him some credibility? I'll tell you what the biggest losers in last night's debate the Republican Party. We got a great show today, everybody. <laughs> Monroe Anderson, he's fired up. He's ready to talk Trump, 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 and more Trump. Yeah, he's been waiting for this moment. Of course, you know I called Monroe right after the debate last night. We that, oh, that was you like too. It's adorable. <laughs> Monroe, you're right. Oh, my God, he was fired up. Uh, T.B. Buchanan will be joining us. I talked to him extensively last night as well. WVON talk show host. He's obsessed with the debate, too. He's ready to go. That will be our 7 o'clock drop, D. Our 7 o'clock drop. Available at? Uh, Wherever you pod. (laughs) I heard someone like, oh, like, you know, everybody does a podcast now. So I'm like, I'm on the radio. You know, I'm driving in the car on a Saturday, and I'm listening to the hard rock station. (laughs) You want to hear more Led Zeppelin? You got a whole Led Zeppelin get the let out podcast. (laughs) Wherever you pod or whatever they say. Is it wherever you pod or wherever you podcast? Oh, my God. Ah. Give me the ball. How about that? (laughs) Available at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. 
That's exactly what I was going to say. I know. Except I forgot it. I know. Anyway, we got a great show. Before we get to that, the man from Alton, Illinois, the man that Tim Scott proudly calls Dr. Doobie with the news. Huh? What? (laughs) What happened? Where are we? What's my social security number? Joe Biden, man. Huh? <laughs> Say words. <laughs> All right. How's it going? I'm Dennis. Before we find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon, Ben, we did a Facebook thing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, dude. I know. Cool, right? <laughs> what? That happens every now and again, you know? Come uh, on, are we 21st century oh, or man. what? We are just, we're on it. Uh, <laughs> but right now, posted on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page, a question about last night's presidential debate. Who won? Who lost? And who felt like they needed to take a shower after (laughs) such a muddy shit show? Uh, Quite a few of you have commented, and we thank you for that. We're going to read your comments in moments. Uh, If you're listening and you haven't left a comment yet, you can, at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Tell us your thoughts, and if we get any more, we'll keep reading these throughout the week. Ben, let's hear what the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook friends had to say about last night's debate between... No collusion. And... Play the radio. Make sure the television... The, excuse me. Make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone... Make sure the kids hear words. Before... <laughs> Before we read your comments, though, uh, we got to give a shout out to Emma. Emma, uh, she posted on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page uh, just a video of a cat in a shower. It was really cool. So, you know what I mean? That's really cool, man. Yeah. Right. Cat was like licking the water. It was cool. Uh, Here's Kristen's comment about last night's POTUS debate. I think we all lost that one. Or wait, I should say, I think we, oh, the train, the brown line, that damn brown line went by there. I lost it. Yeah. All right. We'll edit that out. Uh, Yeah, that'll go. Here's Kristen's comment about last night's POTUS debate. I think we all lost that one. Yes. Humanity was the loser of last night. Civilization as we know it was set back about a century. Hey, here's Brett's comment. Brett says, what little I did see or hear made me laugh. Donnie's lies are so obvious and outrageous. It was more like comedy than debate. Sad day for America, though. Pathetic. Childish. Disgusting. SMH. I am with you. And by the way, shout out to uh, Neil Steinberg, columnist for the Sun-Times, about Donnie's lines. Yeah, here, here's my advice to uh, Biden. No matter what Donnie says, says that's not tr- You just say that's not true. Because I would say the ch- 99% chance that it is not true. Donnie just makes it up as he goes along. I mean, I got to give him credit. He's just winging it. But uh, D- Dennis is the one. Okay, I gotta, D- let's start off. Dennis is the one who remembers the line from what was the 2016 debate? Uh, there, it was with the Republicans were having their debate. It was that great moment where he was talking about the wall, and uh, the, the the debate um, moderator asked him a question about the Mexican opposition, and Trump said, "Well, the wall just got ten feet higher." Oh yeah. <laughs> and the oh yeah, yeah. And Donald Trump does stuff like that. Uh, here's from Neil Steinberg. I gotta give him credit. Um, the quote, the president's lines were too numerous to list. You could actually see the Trump multiplier effect. When he first mentioned his rallies, they were attended by 20 to 25 supporters, excuse me, 20 to 25,000 supporters. Moments later, it was quote, 35 to 40,000. And it was so true. When, uh, I remember him, I remember thinking, wait a minute, what? 
Didn't you, did you just find 10,000 new supporters to your rallies? So, yeah, he's just lie, 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 like a rug. Once again, if you're listening and you want to post your comments about last night's debate, who won, who lost, who felt disgusting afterwards, feel free to leave us your comments. Tom left us a uh, critique on Joe Biden. Uh, Tom says, disgusting. Sad to see Biden take the bait with his shut up man comment. Something President Obama would not have done. President Obama would not. Oh, you know what? Let me just say this. President Obama never had a deal with (laughs) Donald John Trump. So I don't know what. See, President Obama was playing that uh, when they go low, we go high game. Well, again, folks, President Obama spent his entire career battling opponents who played by the rules. Donald Trump plays by no rules. So I don't know how Barack Obama would have handled uh, Joey B. And I got to tell you, oh, God, it's going to really they're going to kick me out of some kind of school. I kind of liked it. And when he goes, shut up, man, <laughs> I love it when Biden goes, man, I'm like, ah, oh, I understand that. I always say, man, too. <laughs> shut up, man. Yeah, we're like in uncharted political territory here with uh, this debate last night. I did, my overall thought was the milk has gone bad. It's all it all stinks. <laughs> What's your line about? Uh, let's let the uh, the dog drive. That's what America's oh, at, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They decided uh, Donald Trump being president. Hey, let's see what happens when the dog drives. Uh, by the way, I want to give a shout out to David Ferris, good friend of the show. And he was uh, tweeting uh, in real time. Got to give him a lot of credit. He had some funny tweets. Um, he uh, he had this one. I'm remaining calm by reminding myself that the debates mostly don't matter. Really, really glad I started an antidepressant last week, taking this all in stride. Again, not sure how the debate moderator repeatedly pleading with the president of the United States to please shut up is helpful for the president of the United States. Get the name of my city out of your rancid little mouth. We're going to talk about that later. Donald Trump had to go there with Chicago, had to throw Chicago. And we've been so nice to you, Donald Trump. I mean, we gave you that tower. We let you put your name on it. It only cost $50,000 in a campaign contribution to Rahm Emanuel. That's all it cost you. Whoop! someone just texted me something. Oh, oh, there we go. That. Yeah, talk about it. That's cool. Uh, yeah. All right, more, more of your comments on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page here. Leela. Leela says, this was a total shit show. Watching a toddler throw a 90-minute temper tantrum. Chris Wallace should have sent Trump for a timeout. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, that's, I'm really struggling with this one uh, because I don't know what Chris Wallace could have done. We'd be asking Monroe about this and uh, uh, Atiba. Actually, the thing that just flashed on my phone was an update, and the Presidential Commission says they're going to institute some kind of uh, new rules, D, for the second. Remember, we still have two more presidential debates. <laughs> Awesome. So they're going to institute new rules. I don't know what they could possibly do. He's the president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen. Like when we were kids growing up, we were always told, you really look up to the president of the United States. Like you have to be really special and you have to, you know, like you have to carry yourself with a certain amount of decorum. And if you like, yeah, like eat your vegetables, do your homework, be nice and polite. Help old ladies across the street. Do things like that. And you could be president of the United States. And now you have this guy. He's the president of the United States. He's like two middle fingers. F-bomb flying. Breaking all the rules. Runs over to little old ladies. And he's the president. 
So I don't know what Chris Wallace could have done. You know, somebody said uh, they wish Chris Wallace had a taser. Which is actually not a bad line. I wish I thought of it. It's very violent. Uh, Cassandra sent. Uh, thanks, Cassandra, for weighing in. Cassandra sent hashtag Putin's puppy. Paul said he's glad he went to sleep early. Uh, I, I know he couldn't have fallen asleep during that debate. It was too loud. It's nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the soothing sounds of elderly men yelling. Um, Aaron, Aaron weighed in. Aaron said, are there really undecided voters out there thinking, hmm, I wonder what this Trump guy's all about. I better tune into the debate tonight to find out. Yeah, no, Aaron, you're so right. There are no undecided voters. That's the biggest fraud in the whole history of presidential politics. They would, they round up these voters. Well, here's Billy Bob from Nebraska, still undecided. You know, I want to know. I want to hear more about their position on the gold standard. Yeah, oh, this okay. is tough. <laughs> Hey, here's how Zach feels. Uh, Zach says Biden had a mid, a middling performance while Trump was an absolute dumpster fire that couldn't actually let a debate occur. It's sad that Biden couldn't completely competently counter much of what Trump said, but it ultimately wasn't good nor bad enough to have much effect, in my opinion. I, I agree with you 100 percent. And I got to tell you, I wish that I spent the whole debate. Uh, texting friends wishing elizabeth warren was on the stage you remember how she took down uh, uh bloomberg in that debate oh yeah, About, yeah trump just out of nowhere this is just like it, I, it's hard to think of what was the low point of donald trump's performance but just apropos to absolutely nothing he felt compelled to make a reference to elizabeth warren but of course he doesn't call, refer to her by her name he calls her pocahontas which is so offensive on so many levels but it's like come on seriously Anybody with any any credit, Jim Durkin, Jimmy D, trying to, Jimmy D, we're talking about him. Dudley Do Right when it comes to Michael Madigan, how are you going to support a president who refers to a senator by an offensive nickname that he made up for her in the middle of a presidential debate? I'm just like I I understand standards have changed in our country, but Republicans. You don't have any standards, but anyway, I'm, I I really thought that Joe Biden did not do a very effective job of counterpunching in many instances, uh, other than laying the trap for Proud Boys. He, he did a great job there, and I agree uh, with that. That listener, D, I really would have wished. I was like, oh man, how about Bernie? How would Bernie handle this? Uh, D, how would Listen, Bernie have handled it? Did, did you hear what this man just said? Did you hear that? Something like that. Ten yeah, percent. <laughs> I do think Elizabeth Warren would have like <laughs> with the sword out, <laughs> but whatever like swords, Democratic tasers. Voters. My goodness. You were just, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm really feeling my inner Donald Trump. Something. Hello, listen, Democratic party. I just want to remind everybody they nominated Joey B. I didn't vote for him. Don't blame me, but the Democratic party nominated. I'm going along with the team, right? D. Okay. Did, did you hear what that man just said? <laughs> All right, James. James gave props to moderator Chris Wallace. He said, seriously, mad props to the moderator for not just saying forget it and putting two pairs of boxing gloves on the stage and saying, yeah, just have at it. 
That might have been uh, actually an, an interesting. You know, guys, you I'm go. not even gonna just go. <laughs> okay, now boxing gloves. We got swords, tasers, boxing gloves. Oh, and Jennifer couldn't uh, disagree more. She says Chris Wallace did a shitty job of controlling Trump and not allowing him to talk over Biden. What a freaking failure! Thanks for cleaning it up, there, Jennifer. I listen. I agree with you, Jennifer. He couldn't control Trump. My question is. What could anybody have done to control? That's all I'm saying. I agree with you. Trump was out of control. And so who stands up to the president of the United States? Particularly he works for Fox TV, D. Can you imagine that going back to the work the next day after telling the president to shut the beep up? Uh, come here, son. That's, that's how they <laughs> refer to him. Come here, son. Come here. Sit down. You know what happened to Ben Jarofsky for opening up his big mouth oh, at yeah. that radio station? Yeah, WC you later. Get out of here. <laughs> that's how you deal with a radio personality who steps out of line. So that's what happened to Chris Wallace. We told the president to shut up. It was WCPTA 20. Oh, yeah. I always forgot. <laughs> they fired you. Uh, all right. Uh, we got one more comment here that we're going to read. Our good friend and Heartland Mama Heidi Henry waited on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page. Uh, Heidi says the only winners are the ones that watched something else. It was exactly <laughs> the kind of shit show we were all expecting. And we all know there are no, quote, undecided voters. So who is this for? pundits it was reality tv it was horrible and the next debate should include mics that shut off i agree with her here uh that shut off when it is not your turn real-time fact checking and possibly electoral shocks <laughs> for lies told <laughs> i mean that could be a pay-per-view yeah no i like i said i'm with you heidi so it would be great i don't think by the way turning off the mic would stop donald trump you know, he would just keep talking. He would just keep talking. Oh, yeah. Uh, and his words would be picked up by Biden's mic. So you're not going to stop Donald Trump. So now the issue is, does Biden even participate in the next debate? We'll be discussing that with Monroe Anderson and Atiba Buchanan as the day unfolds. But it, it, I mean, this the notion that this is a serious debate is a pretense. And this is Donald Trump bringing his rally uh, into the debate format and using Joe Biden much the same way that Vince McMahon is used uh, in all those old wrestling videos where they, they dump water on him. They hit him over the head. They <laughs> shave his head. <laughs> I can't believe I got you to watch wrestling. That's great. Oh, my God. Spent the whole weekend. Oh, my God. This is hilarious. <laughs> no, I totally understand Donald Trump. So th that's he was using Biden as his foil, you know, just by, he wouldn't let Biden. Talk. I don't know what you think you're going to get Donald Trump to do. This is the, guys. Let me explain to you Donald Trump's predicament. He owes about four hundred million dollars to creditors. He oh, he's probably going to owe 70 million dollars or such to the IRS. They're coming after him. He's in serious problem. OK, so he's got to win this election to keep those debtors, the, the, the people he owes money to and uh, the prosecutors at bay. If he loses the election, he has to build his brand. So I don't know. He can get another reality show. He's got to make money. So this is like he he's not going to play by your rules. He, he knows the rules. He's already, it's not like you're going to say to Donald Trump, all right, uh, Mr. Trump, we're going to turn off your microphone. Uh, if you do that one more time, 
Oh, you, you think he got this far by playing according to rules? So this is kind of like delusion going out here that the presidential commission thinks, well, we're going to be a little clearer about the rules. I don't know how clear you can be. Like you speak and then he speaks. It's sort of like bribery in the state of Illinois, D. They're always coming up with laws. Well, you can't take money and exchange it for favors. That would be illegal. It's already illegal. So I, I think people are fooling themselves when you, when you have a notion that you can get Donald Trump to play by the rules. All right. We're going to be reading more of your comments as today's program rolls along. Now, it wasn't on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page, nor will it ever be. But someone else weighed in with their thoughts on last night's debate. Good afternoon, everyone. Oh, hey, good afternoon. <laughs> Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And if mayors trashing presidents is your kind of thing, well, we highly suggest that you stick around because after our interview with Monroe Anderson, we will also be reading Mayor Lightfoot's tweets from last night's debate. Are you going to do your Mayor Lightfoot imitation? No, no. Ben, I'd like a future uh, in the city of Chicago. Okay. I'd like to have, you know, some opportunities. So let's let's stop bringing that up. And hey, let's do the local news. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker. coverage. Today, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker delivered a virtual COVID-19 update. It's virtual because, well, one of his staffers tested positive for said COVID-19, and now he is self-isolating for 14 days. Or maybe since this news broke yesterday, it's 13 days. Hmm. Whoa. Life is hard. Quick, call Dan Biss. See if he can figure that out. Dan, help us, please. All right, time now for a Madigan Gate update. Madigan Gate, by the way. Favorite part of the day. For for those who didn't know, Madigan Gate is the time utility company ComEd admitted to arranging contracts, arranging jobs, and payoffs to the associates of one Michael Joseph Madigan. And Ben, it looks like we may have our first Madigan associate to get this ComEd money. Mm. He was a Chicago alderman, so I'm sure you know an absurd amount of information about him. (laughs) It's Frank Olivo. Did I say that right? Frank Olivo? Yeah, that's good enough. All right. Well, okay, good. Uh, And our Illinois Republicans are on to act two of their pre-election political theater masterpiece, Madigan Bad. And well, so far, quite frankly, act two has gotten way more serious. Uh, Today, we're talking about David Glockner. David Glockner is ComEd's executive vice president of compliance and audit. While testifying before the Illinois House Committee investigating Madigan, David Glockner identified Frank Olivo as one of the people who received some of the $1.3 million that the utility paid to Madigan's associate uh, in what amounted to a ghost payrolling scheme at a time when ComEd was seeking the speaker's support for legislation. Glockner declined to confirm whether the Frank Olivo, he identified as associate number two in the utility company's deferred prosecution agreement, was the former 13th Ward Alderman. But a federal subpoena issued to Madigan's office named Olivo as well and tied him to Madigan's 13th Ward. Ben Jarofsky, tell us what you know about Olivo and your thoughts here on the latest update on Madigan Gate. Well, I have much to say about the latest update on Michael Joseph Madigan Gate. So let me just, I'll follow your instructions, young man. 
Frank Olivo. There's not much to say about Frank Olivo other than he never had much to say himself. Frank Olivo's claim to fame when he was alderman uh, from the 13th Ward is that he said almost nothing. I can't remember what years he was alderman D uh, off the top of my head. It's just all a blur. It was the daily years. Uh, He was replaced by Marty Quinn, who has more to say. We'll get into that in a little while. But anyway, so Frank Olivo would just sit there and say nothing. And he I was like, I always viewed it this way. Michael Madigan, Speaker of the House and Democratic committeeman uh, from the 13th Ward on the southwest side of Chicago and chairman of the Democratic Party of Illinois. And until Pritzker came on the scene, arguably the most powerful Democrat in the state of, of Illinois, had a deal with Mayor Daley. And essentially that deal was this. He would do whatever Daley wanted in Springfield, ushering through whatever legislation uh, Daley wanted, so long as Daley never in any way challenged him uh, in his role as House Speaker or Chairman of the Democratic Party, never put up anybody against him, never badmouthed him, uh, just just pretended as though all was well. And that's kind of how the Democrats ran things in the city of Chicago in the 90s and the O's. They looked the other way at all the transgressions that they were all making and pretended that they didn't exist and then said wonderful things about each other. Uh, and they each of them respected the turf and of the other. Oh, and selling so great every, people. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I spend the 90s and the O's ripping them, D. That's why I'm in the attic looking at the porta potty. You don't go far in the city of Chicago ripping Democratic powerful people and Republicans. You got to pick your lane. You're allowed to either rip the Democrats and suck up to the Republicans or rip the Republicans, suck up the Democrats. You're going to be up in the attic if you do both. Dude. Remember that. <laughs> well, remember, remember it. I'm, that. I'm, I'm here in the car with you, dude. <laughs> what do you mean, remember that? I'm in my they apartment. They don't let you go on the progressive radio stations talking about the Democrats. Uh, ben, just talk about Trump, okay? <laughs> don't mention the Democrats. Anyway, so... Frank Olivo was part of that. It was like they had to have an alderman in the 13th Ward because, you know, I don't know. There's the rules say you have to have an alderman. But his job was just to sit there and do whatever Daley wanted or Rom wanted or whoever the mayor was. Just vote whatever way the mayor wants. Okay. And I don't think he I don't know if he ever said a word. That was like the joke. He may have said something once and then Fran Spielman wrote about it. Wow. Frank Olivo said something. So that was kind of Frank Olivo's thing. And then I don't know why, but there was some kind of move where they ushered him out. They brought Marty Quinn in. Maybe Madigan wanted to reward Marty Quinn for being such a loyal precinct captain. I don't know. I don't know why. Marty Quinn says a few things, though. I was stunned. I think Marty Quinn actually voted against something the mayor uh, proposed. I was I was I almost passed out. That's the sound of me passing out. Whoa! I remember calling Mick Dumkey. Like, who in the world would I? You know, I always call Monroe about Trump stuff, right? Anything happens in the city council, really, the only one I can call is Mick. Can you believe this? The sad part about it, he's into it. Yeah, I can't believe it. Oh, dorks, dorks, (laughs) dorks! I tell you. So that's Frank Olivo. They're like chess pieces, Alderman. 
And uh, so the Alderman of the 13th Ward is a chess piece. And his job is just to do whatever the mayor says, uh, so long as the mayor has is doing whatever Madigan says, if you follow that. Whoa, that's deep, man. So that's Frank Leone. And uh, apparently he was uh, given some jobs by Commonwealth Edison. Is that correct, young Dennis? Yes, sir. Well, I mean, according to this testimony yesterday or two days ago or whenever the hell it was. Mm-hmm. Madigan Gate well, is now, a... now, do you think uh, it's, you know, because we were kind of, you know, I was calling it political theater like two weeks ago, kind of going, ah, they're silly. These Republicans. Did it did it get a little more real here in the last few days? This Madigan Gate? Here's the deal about the Republicans. A bigger bunch of frauds and phonies there are not in the state than Republicans. They're outraged by Madigan Gate. Oh, we cannot allow this to happen. <laughs> but Trump Gate, oh, I don't see anything. So that's my thing. Until they Trump's doing the same thing that Madigan's doing. Trump's got uh, Oracle deal. I wrote about it in the reader. His cronies hired by Oracle. You know, same thing. Where's the outrage? Don't see anything. Don't hear anything. Trump is far worse when it comes to a conflict of interest than Madigan. But so this is a political game that the Republicans are playing. But is it getting more serious? I think it has the chance to uh, undercut the fair tax. That's what this is all about. They're staging this to embarrass the Democrats and undercut the initiative for the fair tax. And so in that regards, I think it is uh, something that we have to take seriously. And uh, it makes me sick, but it is. It's beyond uh, the theater has an audience. Let's put it that way. It's still political theater. (laughs) But the theater has an audience. All right. Well, uh, with the time we have left here, Ben, what do you say you and me go for a little ride? Uh, yes. But before we do that, can I make another announcement? Yeah, sure. About Madigan Gate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I may have mentioned this to you earlier in the oh, day. Oh, my God. A little embarrassed to say this. Can I make another flip-flop, D? Can I make another flip-flop, <laughs> I've been flip-flopping a lot on Madigan Gate. First, when Madigan Gate first broke, I said, that's it. He's got to step down. He's embarrassing the party. He's hurting the fair tax. He's got to step down. And then I saw all these Republicans. They were hiding under a table, not denouncing Trump. So I said, that's it. If they won't denounce Trump, if they're going to denounce Madigan but not Trump, I'm not going to play that game. I'm flip-flopping. I'm going to support Madigan. So I did a flip-flop. There's the noise. That's what we were all waiting for. Uh, And we only knew that was a matter of time, listeners, huh? Who on the calendar, who on the board here had uh, three weeks? (laughs) But then I read Mark Brown's column today. Excellent column by young Mark Brown, uh, political columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times. Been on the show a few times, not since we moved to the attic. And, uh, a workout fiend, as everybody knows. He uh, had once wrote that he took the... <laughs> Don't get this guy going here. My goodness. Went up Cricket Hill 15 times. <laughs> no one believes him. Even Ramada's like, I don't know, 15 times? That's a lot. All right. So he may be a little Trumpian in his counting, you know. I think Mark counts one, two, three, four, 14, 15. That's how he counts. He forgot everything between four and 14. 
But say what you will about his exercise routine. He wrote an excellent column today. The jury is in on Madigan, even if Dems refuse to see it. He makes the case that Madigan is really undercutting the Democratic Party and is an embarrassment to the Democrats. So having read Mark uh, Brown's persuasive column day, I'm getting ready to do, guess what? Another flip-flop. So wait, another <laughs> another one? So now you think that he shouldn't resign? Yeah, hold on. Let me count it up. I'm getting mixed up with my flip-flops. So first I said resign, then bang, flip-flop, don't resign. Now bang, yes, resign. Oh, okay, yeah. so we're at resign. I thought you flip-flopped resign, again yeah. from the previous flip-flop from a yes. minute ago, but no. Okay, yes. just making sure. <laughs> just got that straight. Mark Brown laid out a very persuasive case. Good job, Mark Brown. All right, so now uh, with the time we have left, Ben, what do you say we take a ride, huh? (laughs) I'm ready. All right, we're now 35 days away from Election Day, and once a week we do our part in providing information on the local Illinois elections here on the Ben Jarofsky Show. Uh, Jarofsky, do you have all that change that we never use and you bring every time we go for a ride? Do you have it? I don't have that change. Here it is. All right, excellent. That's for the toll, because we don't have that little sticker thing, because you didn't fill out the form. You know, the little thing you put in, it's not a sticker, but it's like a little thing. You My put God, in. you're the worst travel partner ever. Get in the car. <laughs> All right. It's time to cruise to a district and find out. Okay, hold on to your change and find out about one of their elections. It's time for Meet the Candidates. Holy crap. We're late. Come on. Meet the candidates. 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 All right, we're here. Now, uh, you didn't need that change because not a far drive today, buddy. We're in northern Chicago covering Cook County and including parts of Evanston and Skokie. We're in the 9th Congressional District, and we're here to meet the candidates in the 9th Congressional District race, incumbent Democrat Jan Schakowsky and her Republican challenger, Sargis Sangari. First up, the incumbent. Ben, I know you kind of, she's a well-known name amongst Chicago political know-it-alls, and 10 bucks says the know-it-all that I have on the line with me right now can tell you more than we're ever know about her. But according to her campaign website, Jan Schakowsky has been a lifelong champion for working and middle class families. Jan began her advocacy as a young housewife, leading a successful campaign to require expiration dates on food products, including baby food and formula. As your congresswoman, Jan continues to organize around common sense issues at the grassroots level to make positive change in our country. I could continue, but Ben, tell us about Jan Schakowsky. Well, D, I'm so old. Oh, boy. Hold on, train going by. I love the sound of that train. I don't. Driving that train on cocaine. Anyway, I'm so old. I remember when Jan Schakowsky uh, introduced herself to the world as a consumer advocate. And they said in that press release, it was baby food. I have this distant memory of hamburger meat. Hmm. Yes. That one of the things she was saying was that the the various grocery stores did not do a good job of marking the hamburger meat. And so it was spoiled. I I don't know. Look, maybe that's just a lot of, this is the seventies. A lot of reefer was being uh, consumed by myself. So I could have got it all mixed up. Not saying Jan Schakowsky smoked reefer. I know she wouldn't do anything like that. I'm just saying I was smoking reefer. 
So I remember her career. I remember as a very, a young journalist for the Lerner paper uh, chain, which nobody remembers, but used to be a neighborhood newspaper chain. I would have to interview Jan Schakowsky, uh, activist Jan Schakowsky. Oh. And uh, she was always great with a quote and always quick to call you back and very, uh, how do I put this? Um, very dutiful and diligent and hardworking and all those things. And I could tell that she had a future in politics and her first election by the way d let's do a little jan Schakowsky trivia no fun oh, awesome just, uh, all right so for 10 trivia points what high school did jan Schakowsky graduate from go evanston <laughs> sullivan high school on the north side of chicago she grew up in rogers park but then she moved to evanston and her first run i believe was for, for state representative and this is staggering her opponent was John Baum. How do I know that? Because I wrote a story about it for the reader. Early 1990s. How about that day, huh? I feel I like we went to Jan house, and I interviewed her. I remember sitting in the kitchen. Uh, so what are your opinions about taxes? Uh, what do you think about, you know, Michael Madigan? All those good things. Well, what do you think she thinks what? about Michael Madigan now? Um, she is not going to tell you what she thinks about Michael. Because let me tell you something about Jan Schakowsky. She was born at night, but she wasn't born last night, day, okay? Uh, ben, I'm a congresswoman, and I don't get involved in local issues. Uh, I'm too busy battling Trump. I don't blame you, Jan Schakowsky. I wouldn't get involved in Madigan Gate either. Look what happens to people who get involved and criticize Democrats. They end up in their attic overlooking a porta potty. You would not want that to happen to you, Jan Schakowsky. <laughs> so anyway, Jan Schakowsky is a good liberal, and she's probably the, one of the most liberal uh, representatives in the House uh, of uh, Representatives. And uh, so, yeah, she's never going to be defeated, D. She'd be a congresswoman from the 9th Congressional District as long as she wants. Well, you know, you've yet to meet the challenger, all right? <laughs> so let's meet the challenger before you, you know, just go ahead and assume that. By the way, uh, let's get some of that change. Um, kind of craving a hamburger right now. Ooh. I don't know why. <laughs> let's hope the meat hasn't expired. Mm. All right, let's meet the challenger. And Ben, oh, also, please be nice, okay? Uh, it's Republican Sargas Sangari. According to Sargas Sangari, Gary's website, uh, Sargas Sangari, is a 20-plus-year veteran of the United States Army Infantry and Special Operational Forces with multiple combat deployments to Iraq, a diplomatic assignment in Kuwait, and several other deployments to the Middle East, Europe, Asia, and Central America. Now, if the Republican part hasn't turned you off already, this Next bit of information could be a deal breaker. Uh, Singari was endorsed by the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police, Ben. Oh, Johnny C, my man. Haven't seen this picture in the Sun-Times lately. What's going on here, Johnny? Come on. Come on, Sun-Times. You're dropping the ball. All right. And uh, we got one piece of audio here to play Ooh. from the challenger, uh, Sargas Singari. Uh, I found this on YouTube. Uh, it's him talking about uh, those affected by the pandemic. Take it away, Sargas Singari. An honorable hello to all the Korean Americans living in the 9th Congressional District of Illinois. My name is Lieutenant Colonel Sargas Singari. I am the Republican nominee for Congress in the 9th Congressional District of Illinois. My priorities in Congress are going to be to ensure that all the small businesses that are the backbone of the Korean community in my district recover from this Chinese virus that impacted them negatively. 
we have to ensure that all those missiles come back fully and stronger than they had been in the past. I will ensure that I work with the Korean churches. They have a liaison with me directly through my office, both locally and internationally, because they are the spirit of the Korean people living in the 9th Congressional District. And there he was, Sargas wow. Sangari. Wow, what'd you find? You found that on, I can give you credit. Uh, all right. Just let, Google let his name. Chinese virus. How offensive. You know, you're an immigrant from Iran. I guess that's his story. Uh, you're speaking to Korean Americans and you're going to Chinese fight. You're using Trump's words, Chinese virus, demonize all long hell rivalries between the countries of Korea and China or something are going to work to your advantage. Like wh- how insulting is that? Why are you doing this is the problem with Republicans right there. How do you think that kind of rhetoric is going to work in the ninth congressional district, which is one of the most liberal districts in America? What makes you think that that's going to work? How insulting. I don't even know this dude. I never heard of him until I saw the Tribune today. We'll get into that and their stupid editorial endorsements. So I I know nothing about the guy. I see he was in the army. Good for him. But like, why would you take Donald Trump? Donald Trump in the ninth congressional district will be lucky if he gets 20% of the vote. So what do you think? Why would you appeal to the basis element of the district you're running in? And particularly do it in front of a group of Korean Americans. Just really insulting. Just hearing that it was, I didn't even know about the dude. I was going to say something nice about the guy. Cause I've always, I believe everybody should have a challenger. You know, Jan Schakowsky is going to win. Duh. But D I heard that. I'm like, But here, here's the kicker. Here's the kicker, young Dennis. This is what I really wanted to talk about. So the Chicago Tribune, the editorial page, and everybody knows, I think they're the biggest joke in the world. Extreme right-wingers, always outraged about Michael Madigan and JB. Uh-oh, you know, D, I feel, I feel another flip-flop coming. Oh, no. I feel another flip-flop coming. Just talking about how outraged the Tribune is about Michael Madigan and JB Pritzker and Kim Fox. And Smollett Gate, and not one word about Trump. They still haven't written an editorial about Trump's taxes. Trump freaking, I'm going to put the word stole in quotes, 70-something million dollars in a refund from the IRS, from the American Treasury, for the taxpayers of, from, of taxpayers of the United States. Some had his accountants working overtime, taking advantage of loopholes. Who knows? whether it's legal or not, not one word from the Tribune. New York Times came out with that uh, story on Sunday. I'm still waiting for the Tribune to weigh in. They're pretending it doesn't exist. Their editorial page is a joke. They only take a look at Democratic corruption. They don't have a word about Republican corruption. And they're just, they pretend somehow or other that they care about principles of good government when in fact they just use it as a tool to benefit the Republican party. But here's the thing. They realized that in order to have any kind of credibility, they had to endorse Jan Schakowsky. In the past, they've not endorsed her, but now they're like, you know, we have a lot of readers in Skokie and in Evanston who love Jan Schakowsky. We would look really bad if we didn't endorse her. 
So they endorse Janchikowski. But then they throw a bone to Sangari. And she goes, but they, they write this. Sarkis Sangari of Skokie is an accomplished U.S. Army veteran who immigrated to the United States from Iran as a boy. He has a great story to tell, and we hope he sticks around in politics. But this time the endorsement goes to Shikowski. Great story to tell. Chinese virus. Hey, Trippy, why don't you write about that? Such a joke. Meanwhile, somehow or other, they endorse Genie Ives. I'm not making this up, D. Whoa. They endorse Genie Ives. Tribune has lost its freaking mind. Anyway, that's what I think about the election in the 9th Congressional District, D. All right. And, uh, yeah, I think you were right. Yeah, Jan Tchaikovsky's totally going to win. All right. We're running late, Ben. We got to go. Get back in the car. Oh, and, hey, uh, that was our segment, Meet the Candidates. <laughs> oh, my God. We're rolling. Here's the change. Meet the Candidates. All right. We're back. Hey, everybody, make sure you follow us on social media at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us an email, Show at gmail.com. And you can call us, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. Call the Ben Jarofsky Show. We're not going to answer, but... Leave us a voicemail. And uh, if you leave your name, you know, uh, there's a good chance we'll play your voicemail on the program. Also, don't forget, coming up later, more of your comments on the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page. Your thoughts on last night's debate. Don't go anywhere, everybody. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show. We are live from my apartment and Ben's attic.
correct? not a doctor. And hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you in part by the International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9, the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150, and the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, take it away. Monroe Anderson is joining me as he does every Wednesday. Monroe Anderson, former uh, columnist for the Chicago Tribune, the Chicago Sun-Times, press aide to Eugene Sawyer, as we like to say, a legendary Chicago journalist. Monroe, let's get right down to it, all right? Okay. Uh, we're talking about the debate, and I have in front of me my little cheat sheet that you post uh, on your Facebook page. I love this cheat sheet because you rip Trump, 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 as you always do, and you get all those little MAGA hatters so mad at you. Ooh, they cry like little babies. All right, here you go. This is what you wrote. Quote, the white supremacist in the White House was the bulldozer in the China shop last night during the first presidential debate. Did you find Trump giving the white hate group, the Proud Boys, a shout out while telling them to stand back and stand by alarming? Did it bother you that Trump refused to promise to accept the decision of the American voter after November 3rd? Did Trump's repeatedly talking over Biden bother you? Considering that Trump was all bluster, lies and insults, should the former vice president agree to a second debate? Ben Jarofsky and I will discuss discuss these questions and Trump uh, as a federal income tax. Every time I get to that part of the Facebook thing, I crack up Monroe because that's that's like that Trump cheating on his taxes, which was the big news on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday is now already shoved to the back burners because he's such a freaking lunatic. And he was on full display last night, Monroe. I cannot believe that the American people are going to reelect this clown to they quote are. Joe Biden. They are. And he knows it. This is why he's acting crazier than usual. He knows he has about as much a chance of getting reelected president as you or I do. Yeah, well, he. Uh, we're not running. Yeah. All right. Let's I want to get right down to the white supremacy part of the uh, debate, because it's the part you were just telling me that Trump is already the spin is starting. Already the lies are coming from Donald John Trump about this one, trying to get extricate himself uh, from who he really is. So, Dennis, are you there? Can you play the uh, white supremacist part? This is from last night's debate. But are you willing tonight? to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not 
add to the violence in a number of these cities, as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, go would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what are you, what are you, you what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. White supremacists and white supremacists. White supremacists and white supremacists. Stand back and stand by. But I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left because this is not a right his wing own, problem. This is, this is a left wing. This is a left wing problem. White supremacist. All right, there we go. That was from last night's debate. And uh, Monroe, let me give a little shout out to Sleepy Joe. I mean, he's been bashed a lot by a lot of people, a lot of lefties. He wasn't forceful. I wish, uh, watching that debate last night, I really wish that Elizabeth Warren was on stage because I think she would have gone after Trump a lot harder. But I think Sleepy Joe set him up. If you listen to that tape, Chris Wallace put that question to a sort of vague general question. And Trump's like, well, give me something specific. And so, oh, boy, Biden, right on cue. Proud boys. (laughs) Something very specific out there in the streets of Portland, Oregon. Right. Right. Fighting the hippies. So what do you think about Trump's response, Monroe? Uh, Trump's Trump's on their side. He's one of them. So he, 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 they've been trying to get him literally to put the, the two words white supremacists together and to say that he's opposed to it, and he refuses to do it. He had a press conference, um, one of his helicopter press conferences, 42 minutes ago, and he refused to do it. He did say that the uh, Proud Boy should stand down. But that was that was as far as he would go. He would not. He said, he, he, he said that at his just latest press conference. Yes. Yes. But uh, but, but he wouldn't say they were white supremacists. He he um, you know, and I I was half looking at it because I was trying dialing into you guys, hooking up with you guys, and it was on at the same time, literally. But. Um, He's these are his peeps, the white supremacists. He's a white supremacist, and so he does not want to say ill anything ill of him. Just like he doesn't say anything ill of Putin. He has there's there's this very privileged group of haters and and crooks and, and corrupt people. That he has no ill will about. He won't say anything. He will. He will talk. About, he'll badmouth our allies. He's badmouth the Pope. But these people, no, 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 no. Well, uh, in the aftermath, you know, there's always a, you know, there's a presidential debate, uh, and everybody absorbs the debate. Right. And then and then like within 24 hours, if there's a takeaway from the debate, if there's like a something that's remembered from the debate, that becomes the headline of that debate or we just move on if nothing. And obviously the white supremacist has become the headline. So now this is a problem for the Republican Party who they realize they cannot credibly reach over. Uh, to the other side, which is like non-racist or at least not openly racist America, uh, if they're embracing 
racist organizations. So Tim Scott, you know, he really gets to me, Monroe. Senator Tim Scott. Now he's your, he, he's your African-American. Oh <laughs> I did not say that. Monroe Anderson said that. No, actually, Donald Trump said it. Donald Trump said that, yeah. Tim Scott, because I get his emails. He's such a phony, Monroe. He, he, I get his email. That's the only reason I know about the guy. He's a Republican senator from the state of South Carolina. He's always crying. Like, the, the left is so mean to me. They call me uh, a token and a t- Uncle Tom. They're so mean to me. Meanwhile, Trump is embracing the Proud Boys. Right. So anyway, Tim Scott, he's like, he sent out he, 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 today. They always drag him out to like, well, what do you think? <laughs> the party you're in, is it a racist party? And he goes, what did he say? He goes, the president misspoke. He right. should correct it. Right. All right. So do you think Donald he John Trump misspoke? He didn't misspeak. He hasn't corrected it. Well, I guess the stand down versus the stand back and stand stand by is a correction of school. Instead of like stand back and watch right now and be on the standby when we got to go out in the streets and attack because I lost the election. And we can we can start some, uh, some bloodshed uh, at the, the revolution. Uh, so now he's saying stand down. Now military Trump is not big on military stuff except when he's pretending to like them. But <laughs> stand stand down in the military means that you put your weapons down for right now. You you don't aim them at anybody, but you don't give them up. Yeah. Stand down and stand back are not any different. Yeah, and then when he added last night, he very clearly added. See, he picked up on the words that Chris Wallace gave him, stand back. And he said that. Chris Wallace gave he said stand back. And then he said, and stand by. Right. And stand by means like just like you said, get ready to go back into battle. Right. Uh, so he made clear exactly. The thing is, what he, one of the things he's also done is he's called for his followers to go to the polling booth to watch out to make sure nobody's stealing the vote. That's going to be voter intimidation. That's what that, that's planned to do. Oh, absolutely. That was part of it uh, in the debate last night. There, again, I there were so many. Every time Donald Trump talks, there's a good chance he's going to lie because he says whatever he has to say at any given moment to make whatever point he wants to make, whether it bears any relationship to reality. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he invented a, a situation that allegedly took place in Philadelphia where his innocent poll, his innocent porters were being poll watchers. When in fact, Monroe, you know as well as I do, they were trying to intimidate people. Yes, yes, that's the that's the, what what he's out to do is by any means necessary stay in power. He, he and he's not even interested in having a, a an election anymore. Mm-hmm. They're setting up. In fact, the, the the Democrats, as as we speak right now, are uh, 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 about to s- s- launch a strategy where, after the election, they can stop Trump from illegally 
claiming that he he won and trying to uh, take it to Congress and then to the, the his packed Supreme Court. Mm. I mean, he's he he he's he's going to fight this to the death. We're gonna we're gonna be in this for six more months. Well, unless unless it's yeah. such an overwhelming there's some some are now theorizing that it, it could be overwhelming and he still will challenge it well you know uh hillary beat him by 2.7 million dollars yes. and he started a commission to investigate where the 2.7 million votes yeah. came from but the difference is he won the electoral college last time. So right. I nobody he's not even gonna win anything. He's yeah. not gonna win anything. Except the you know, except the um the cheaters corner. <laughs> but that that uh that this latest spin uh is really disheartening. Uh, and this is a constant theme uh on my show, Monroe, that at some point a Republican Party has to be accountable for the behavior of the man they support. And well, that will be come November 3rd. They will be. They, most of their senators are gonna, going to lose. It's going right, to be so, a I'm, I've, I've, been, I've been telling you this, and it's going to happen. When I first told you this, of course, you were skeptical. Yeah, I was skeptical. Yeah. <laughs> I was skeptical. I'm basing this on Trump and his craziness. And it's going to, and, and as I predicted, it was going to get worse as the closer we got to the election. And, and the more he was sliding down on the polls. And we, we have 34 more days to go. And so by the time we get to day 34, He's going to be bouncing off the walls. Yeah. By the way, and, uh, and the voters are going to the voters are seeing this, and will be seeing it. And um, he, he, even those who who like the stuff he, he he's done, it's hard. It gets harder and harder for them to say, "Well, I'm with that guy." Well, they listen. I. I I say this all the time. He's got his hardcore cult following. They're in a cult. I'm, I'm yeah. reading. I read their comments on your Facebook page. You engage them, uh, and they're cultists. That's all they are. They've right. sworn right. their allegiance to him, and um, I've never seen right. anything like it in politics. Oh yeah, yeah. No, yesterday on my wall, I wrote that um, if he 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 told them to get on a plane <laughs> and go to Guyana. They pay for their own airfare, fly there, and then go down a tall glass of flavor eight as soon as they got off the plane. I uh, all right. Let's get back to the debate last night. Uh, so yeah, the big takeaway will be uh, what the white supremacy line uh, and Trump is now trying to distance himself a well, little bit from the really good. Then that they're taking away from this. What is uh, when Biden said to him, um, "It is what it is." And you are who you are. Yeah. That was a great line. I'm like, shut up, man. <laughs> I kind of like that one, too. Yeah. Well, did he say shut up clown, too? Or did he really uh, too I don't know if he said clown? shut up clown. I think yeah. he said shut but up. He used, now, he called him a clown twice because I took notice of that. All right. So uh, 
there's been a lot of criticism of Chris Wallace. He didn't do a good job. A lot of people are saying in moderating Trump. I believe that's unwarranted criticism of Chris Wallace. I don't know what he possibly he could. Both sides too, because the Trump people are saying that um, he he was in fact um, Biden's corner man. <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's the thing. I said this. Already. They are the biggest cry babies i've been watching the nba playoff games since i've been in the bubble and uh lebron james i love him dearly but he is learned a long time ago how to manipulate the refs by contesting every single foul and then you'd be surprised those refs bend over backwards and that's what the republicans do Donald Trump broke every rule and violated every protocol of a debate. Chris Wallace is trying to keep him in line, and now the Republicans are saying he's unfair. Right. 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 Hey, Dems, if you think they play by the rules, you're kidding yourself. That's my problem with uh, Joe Biden. He keeps professing that there's like six to seven or eight good Republicans out there, Monroe. I don't know what he's smoking, but I don't know if there's six to seven or eight good Republicans out there. No, there are not. All right, so... There there are a handful who want to be good, but can't quite work their way up to it. So in your humble opinion, should Joe Biden continue to participate in these debates? I I have mixed emotions about it. I have mixed. I'm I'm, I'm torn. Um, last night was so horrible. It was hard to watch, and it was so horrible that I don't think that Biden should dignify anymore with his presence. But on the other hand, Trump was such a jerk. I mean, the true Trump was on full display there. And it didn't win him any votes at all. And in fact, it lost him some. And so I wonder if he should go do some more because um, it's trouble continue to implode. And I, God, I forgot to check. But the, the, one of the, the next, I think it's the next um, presidential debate is by town hall. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be citizens, voters asking all the questions. So it's going to be really interesting to see how Trump's going to handle that because they're going to have the same hard questions that the reporters have because Trump is low-hanging fruit on everything that's wrong about American politics. Hmm. So when he when, when a, a, a voter asks him a hard question, what's he going to do with that? And so it might be worth it to see it, that part. But I, but if, if if Biden decided not to go do any more, I you know it'd be okay with me. Well, I uh, I got mixed feelings like the way uh, as do you. I part of me thinks that uh, the voters have already decided they don't need a debate, and debate is just a form of bizarre entertainment at this stage. You know, uh, the carnival yeah, show. Yeah, no, and you're right about that. But this is my thinking on this: is that he's gonna lose. Period. Trump. But, yes, Trump. But after he's lost on the uh, uh, on during the voting period, which won't end on November third, because they'll still be counting ballot ballot. But after they're all counted up, and he's going to be fighting it all the way to try to make the ballots not count one way or another. And so, the more he's hated, 
when we hit that period, the, the, the left, right, and he will be keeping that. There's the there's there's the re, real situation where after he's out of office, he can be arrested and go to prison. And so the more unpopular, the more America has seen what a jerk he is. You know, he's the closest thing to to uh, McCarthy that we have. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and McCarthy was loved until they realized what a jerk he was. Yeah. Well, I think that uh, now we're coming to the taxes, and we'll close it down with here. Uh, as I've told this story many times, uh, when the New York Times story broke on Sunday, uh, I immediately called Monroe after I had read it. Uh, he, of course, had read it. I was taking a walk, and he put the phone up to the TV so I could hear Michael Cohen uh, going after uh, Trump. And Michael Cohen said something very revealing in that uh, interview that I listened to with you, and that is that um, Trump's in trouble. Trump's facing uh, serious consequences because of the way he's handled his uh, businesses and his taxes. Uh, and he could, and this is Cohen saying this, who's, who's on the inside, and I'm sure would be more than happy to testify against Trump. Yeah, he, he, he was in the room where it happened. Where he was in the room where, and he was naming the names. I love how he right. names, constantly names yeah. the names. Yeah, exactly. It's like accountants and lawyers, I know who you are. And uh, so... Uh, while he's promoting his book, it's brilliant, Michael Cohen. Um, so, yeah, it's very real consequence for Donald John Trump. And that's probably why uh, he needs to win this election or build his brand so he can raise some money to pay his bills uh, and maybe try to avoid going to prison. So, yeah, this is uh, a very serious fight. And it yeah, goes back to four, he has four hundred million dollars um, due shortly that he's got to come up with from debts. Mm. And yeah. these are personal loan, these are personal loan guarantees where you, on your, your words, you don't have any property or anything to put up where people can seize instead. And he has about $72 million uh, issue with the IRS where they gave, they sent him a check, a refund for $72 million, Monroe. Right. No, and, and now they're disputing it. That could be the big problem. He has to pay the feds. Right. Uh, and that's what got Al Capone in trouble. Okay. It wasn't the shooting of the people in the garage on Clark street. It was right. the IRS. Right. Right. Exactly. Now he has, he has so many problems. Um, you know, our, our friend Sergio uh, early on was, was uh, predicting that uh, Trump was so unhealthy that he was going to die in office. Yes, that was and a Sergio prediction. Exactly. And that hasn't happened. But he may die in office um, after the election, after winning the election, and before, before um, Biden takes over. Or he may die shortly thereafter that because he's 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 now beginning to live a very stressful life. No more no more easy days of, of golf and TV watching. Uh, but by the way, a uh, couple of rewrite of history. I thought you would have got a kick out of this where they got to the bleach comment where uh, where Trump oh, had advised oh, people yeah. to take bleach. He said I was being sarcastic yeah. and. I'm like, wow, 
I saw that press conference. We've played it many times. This this is what Trump does. <laughs> he just messes with your mind. Oh, a sarcasm. First of all, yeah, how he's inappropriate. All, he, he's a man of the moment, period. So whatever lie he needs yeah. to tell, whatever, everything. You know, like, for example, some people have him scheming this thing out with how he's going to maintain the office by by um, getting votes from states, uh, a, a different electoral college and all that. He doesn't, he's not a man who plans. That's why 207,000 Americans are dead from the coronavirus right now. While we're in a, 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 a depression era unemployment because he doesn't plan. He doesn't know how to plan. He's a guy who, who, who shoots from the, from the hip all the time. And, he, and, and lying is just part of it. So he lies all the time. He, but he, he doesn't do his homework. He doesn't think stuff. I mean, one of the reasons he was so horrible last night is because he hadn't done any prep, debate prep. So he just went in there just um, being a, a bully. Yeah, he, he he brought his rally to the debate. Uh, and all right, now, right. Uh, Biden's performance um, I'll be addressing this in greater detail with the T. Buchanan uh, in an interview that drops at seven. But how would you rate Biden's performance? Uh, C plus, C plus, B minus. He did good enough. He was he was the anti-Trump. The thing is, there were some shots he could have taken, mm-hmm. and. I'm not so sure if if it's because he's not that combative or he's not that quick on his feet. I'm not sure, or both. But there were some shots he could have taken. Um, Trump, Trump, for example, Trump was going on about the forest fires and how there should be maintenance on it and basically blaming California. Not, 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 not the climate change, but California for not taking good care of the forest, and the, the and, and Biden should know this. The truth of the matter is, uh, California owns three percent of the forest in California. Forty percent is private under private ownership, i.e., timberland people, uh, t- uh, timber cutters, and uh, people like that, and. 53, 54% is owned by the federal government. And who is in charge of the federal? Well, take that back. Who is supposed to be in charge? (laughs) Donald John. (laughs) Exactly. Who who is not responsible for anything unless it's good. Now he can make it up. Other than that, it's not his responsibility. He's a, he's a, an incredible person. Yeah, well, I, I would. Um, I was hoping that uh, Joe Biden uh, um, would have hit harder on the uh, tax. I thought Trump got off easy on the tax issue. Uh, they quickly went from Donald Trump uh, only paying seven hundred fifty dollars a year tops in that year. I mean, a lot of years he played zero. Over the conversation again, he, he, it comes up, and then Trump starts yelling. Yeah, all, he's paid millions of dollars. I mean, lying, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, lying, yelling, a yelling lion, or whatever. But about how he's paid millions of dollars, and 
um, he gave a repeat, he handed out a report and it showed that he paid a lot of money in taxes, which was a lie. And uh, uh, Wallace said, well, why don't you show us your taxes? And then he fell back on to this lie about how he showed it to us when the audit was over. Yeah. Well, uh, I do believe the next debate will happen. It'll be uh, Mike Pence uh, and Kamala Harris. Mike right. Pence is a little more of a rules-abiding politician. So I think that will be a relatively straightforward debate where the candidate, the Republican follows the rules. Uh, but then... All bets are off uh, with the next the the next ones to come, Monroe. All bets are off with Donald Trump. He he made it clear he's he's not following anybody's rules as he goes. He is a cornered animal. He knows that he is going to lose. The the polls get worse day by day. He's the in, in the blue wall states. He's losing by nearly double digits. Mm. I mean, it's way beyond the mar- the margin of, of error. So he's losing. He, he, he's the the he, the some of the other battleground states that he won easily against Hillary. He's losing. He's losing the popular vote. I mean, he's losing, losing, losing. It's obvious that um, he's going to lose. And so he's 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 going on a scorched earth move right now all right very good monroe uh, thanks for putting up with us and the little technical difficulties we had at the start of this one you take care we'll talk to you next week all right tiba i said hi will do all right that's the that's a great monroe anderson the legendary monroe anderson d before we get out the door you got any updates for us absolutely we do uh yeah thank you to everyone who found us again i had to restart the live stream Dude, I was calling Comcast like, oh, no, did I forget to pay my bill? But it's back up. I don't know what's going on. Uh, That day may happen, though, when the show just completely shuts down because I didn't pay my bills. So uh, be ready for that one, Ben. Okay. (laughs) Close call. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We do have some updates. Uh, basically, we just want to talk, uh, read more comments uh, from that that debate last night, <laughs> if you call it that. My oh my. Uh, so we're going to read more of your comments here. Uh, first off, on the Facebook uh, page, you can leave some comments at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Uh, please. The question is, who won, who lost, and who needs to take a shower after last <laughs> night's shit show of uh, debate? Uh, let's read maybe two or three more comments here from those. Oh, our good friend Ryan Kelly weighed in, Ben. RK. Yeah, Aerosmith. Aerosmith. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Walk this way, RK. I see you. Union man Ryan Kelly says, let's face it. Trump and Biden, they're both grandpas, and that's okay. <laughs> the difference is you'd invite one into your home and the other you'd put into a home. This year, I'm voting for Grandpa Joe because he just seems like a take you fishing and give you a give you your first beer kind of guy and that's what america needs right now what do you think about that well it's actually monroe anderson uh ryan has been saying that for a long time that um, joe biden is perfect for america you know i i was hoping that there could be someone like kamala harris or bernie sanders elizabeth warren on that stage 
Tulsi Gabbard, man, she would have gone after Donald Trump last night, you know, because uh, these are people that I saw debating last summer and they were quick on their feet. Uh, Joe was like the slowest on his feet from last summer's debate. But you, you know what, Ryan Kelly, you, you, I think you're on to something because I think America is sick and tired. A large, large chunk of the voters are sick and tired of the Donald Trump show. And, and Biden is clearly the opposite uh, of that. So that's what Monroe's been saying for six months. We'll see if he's right. But why didn't I you do it over 20, uh, in the no, last no, no, 25 wait, years? No, let, because let, you I, weren't, why president, you do it because you weren't president screwing no, no, things no, no. up. You were a senator. And You're the, the worst way, president vice, America has ha, ever had. Hey, hey, Come Joe, on. Let me, let me just tell you, Joe. I've done more. All in, right, you two. <laughs> okay, on to the next comment here. Uh, Benjamin weighed in. Benjamin says, uh, the story is that the president actively encouraged violence from a far-right militia and then encouraged his supporters to cause chaos at polling stations. Really? Anything else is immaterial. Yeah, he's right. I mean, uh, I, I keep harp harping on the white supremacist line, but the, the, the defense of his supporters in Philadelphia, which is something I alluded to with Monroe, was uh, also uh, inexcusable. Yeah, it, uh, Donald Trump on the, on the stage in front of millions and millions of Americans uh, endorsed a white supremacist group. And, uh, you know, now he's trying to wiggle his way out of it. Uh, and he's got Republicans like Tim Scott doing backflips, trying to make it sound good. But you're right, Benjamin. That is kind of scary when I think about it, D. All right. And we'll do one more Facebook comment and then we'll do one more little segment. And then we're out of here. Julie, Julie weighed in on the Facebook page. Julie says uh, Chris Wallace's inability to control Trump set the tone. Biden uh, talking to the camera when Trump attacked was a brilliant strategy. Breaking that fourth wall allowed him to get part of his message out. Trump's behavior and refusal to call out white supremacists is terrifying. Vote Dem for the soul of the nation. <laughs> With you. One hundred percent. Yeah, man. This really is a vote blue, no matter who. <laughs> Guys, if you don't see that, you got your eyes closed. All right. And for those who were wondering what our Chicago mayor thought about last Ooh. night's debate, well, we have her responses as well. Good afternoon, everyone. Oh, hey, good afternoon, Mayor. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> yes, uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot on her personal page uh, put out quite a few tweets during last night's debate. And, well, we're going to read them if my Internet will cooperate with me. Uh, yeah, so uh, ben, ben actually showed me these uh, tweets from Mayor Lightfoot. Ben, what were your thoughts on those? I got, I got a kick out of them. And uh, this is the part of Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Uh, that I think goes over well with Chicago voters. Um, she's very, she's virulently anti-Trump. And I always point this out when I talk about the fraternal order of police and their decision uh, to uh, go all in with Donald Trump. The city will probably go 85 to 90% against Trump in this next election. Uh, and that's, Trending. That's generally what the turnout is for uh, Democratic presidential candidates. And um, so Lori Lightfoot knows that. And so, you know, she somebody may not like her because she closed down the lake too early or somebody may not like her because, uh, you know, she's always fighting with lefties or she won't impose uh, a, a, a tax on the well-to-do attack, a LaSalle Street tax. But she throws out those 
Trump tweets. Right. She gets into fights with Trump. Ah, yeah, you give him hell, Lori Lightfoot. It's a very smart PR move. Like, uh, rather than sit here and argue with people who live here, uh, like hipsters in Logan Square, like people like this guy. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, <laughs> some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. Rather than arguing with him about, like, housing and police and stuff like that, yeah. she's just going to go, hey, oh, wait a minute. Everybody in Chicago hates Trump. Yeah, Trump yeah. sucks. Yeah. All right, so we have, we have her thoughts on uh, last night's debate. I'm going to read a few of her tweets. These are actually pretty good here. All right, uh, let's see. Lightfoot, our first one, says, Tonight we saw the clearest contrast in our nation's history between two candidates for president. Joe Biden is focused on working families, small businesses, health care, and getting our nation through the pandemic. Donald Trump is focused, as always, on himself. Burn! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that's right. pretty good. Uh, she also said here, Joe Biden will make our economy work for regular Americans, push for real social justice, and support our nation's great cities, and he'll do it with dignity and respect. Uh, then we have here, Trump has made a mess of everything he's touched in his life, and governing has unfortunately been added to his long list of failures. Double burn! <laughs> and finally, uh, she says here, at real Donald Trump, Keep Chicago out of your lying mouth. Yes, that's a triple burn. Yeah, and I'll close by saying this. I'm with you 100% on that. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, add to the list of offensive things that Donald Trump said. This whole riff he went on about cities run by Democratic mayors, and he talks about the crime rates and talks about the violence. Uh, this is happening on his watch. He acts as like these are nations these are separate nations from the country he rules he acts like he's observing something that's going on uh, across the ocean chicago is in the state of illinois which is in the united states of america and you're the president of the united states of america and you haven't done jack it's set to try to exacerbate the struggles we have in our city for your political advantage you haven't done anything. When you were running for president back in 2016, you said, oh, I can stop it like that. One day, two days, I forget how many days. Well, you've been in office for almost four years. You haven't done a thing except for use us and take advantage of us and exploit us and try to manipulate our challenges and problems and violence to your advantage, your disgrace. And when you do that, as somebody who lives in Chicago, it really makes me upset because you have the power. You could, you want to hire more police? You can give us more money to hire more police. Have more mental health therapy? You can give us more money to have a mental health therapy. Have smaller classes in our schools? You give us more money to have more teachers. You want to uh, crack down, be tougher on people? You know, you could crack down and try to enforce Gun laws. You don't do anything. You just use Chicago's violence as a tool to whip up your base and try to demoralize your opposition. So I'm with Lori Lightfoot. What, I can't say this about a lot of things that Lori Lightfoot's done, but on this one, I'm with her 100%, D. Oh, and uh, the former mayor has weighed in with his thoughts on uh, last night's debate. I just biked around Lake Michigan. <laughs> oh. 
I just let's not Ray talk about him. Okay, I was feeling pretty good supporting the current mayor, and he had to bring up Rom. Wait, how many miles did he bike again? Nearly a thousand miles. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's good. And he was. Uh, I'm really happy to hear. Did you talk to anybody, Rom? Oh, you don't have that one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I talked about healthcare. No one cared about healthcare. I oh, talked to this. Uh, yeah, I talked to this uh, random hipster. He said something like, "I've seen a whole lot of catfish, <laughs> some turtles." Uh, no gators yet, though. All right, everybody. That's our show. Follow us on social media at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. Send us an email, Show at gmail.com. And you can call us 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. We're not going to answer, but leave your name <laughs> and where you're from. And we will more than likely play your message on the program. And oh, once again, thank you everybody for hanging tight and uh, with us, people who downloaded. We had a little technical difficulty, and uh, if I wouldn't have brought it up, you wouldn't have even known. How about that, huh? Uh, that little bit of honesty got us nowhere. I want to thank Monroe <laughs> Anderson for doing an outstanding job, as he always does every Wednesday. And, of course, I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, who kept us cool and calm during that traumatic moment. Yeah, sort of. Break. <laughs> you know, as uh, Joe Biden and Monroe Anderson will tell you, back home and only, call him Dr. D. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Make sure you, in fact, let people know you're a senator. I'm not going to answer the question. Why would you answer that because question? Because the question is, the question is, the radical left, would you shut up, your, man? Listen, who is on your list, Joe? This who's is on your so list? Right. Gentlemen, this, I think this we've is ended so this. We have ended this segment.